Today I'm talking to Daryl Urbanski and it's January 12, 2016 and I start out with reading from Daryl's Twitter profile. Number one best-selling business author, business coach, martial artist, tribal slash database marketer, entrepreneur and student of life. Your, your success is my success. Canada best business coach dot CA and you Daryl you have 2874 followers at the moment and following 2925 so welcome to the show Daryl thank, thank you appreciate uh, you having me here Martin it's an honor yeah. and a pleasure and I will start out uh, directly and thank you for uh, helping out here with the recording you are doing it on, on from your side on call recorder using that correct yeah, yeah, we both have podcasts, and yeah. um, it just works out that I'm able to help with the recording this time. So any way I can help out is a pleasure. Great. And uh, we had a chat before here when we tried uh, the Ringer app that I'm also using. And uh, we could take a bit of backstory here uh, before we're starting what you're up to and so on. Uh, I got an email from your assistant, uh, Noor, and uh, she sent out an email about uh, contacting, wanting to be in contact with me, and sent uh, a bio and so on. And I will include that in in, uh, in the show notes. So she is public relations and podcast manager for bestbusinesscoach.ca. And it was interesting to get this outreach. And you have been uh, a guest, and you have your own podcast, as you said, with conversation for a long time. You have been on many different podcasts, and uh, she included several episodes here. Uh, Entrepreneur on Fire, Juggernaut, Entrepreneur, Marketing uh, Crush, your competitor podcast, Breaking Down Your Business, etc. So that's uh, fascinating to hear what you have been Mm. around in different places. So what I often do is starting out, as I said, reading from your Twitter profile, and then uh, saying... uh, What's happening in your life now, right now? Work, project, hobbies, etc. Sure, sure, sure. Well, right now, um, right now, we're in my own business. We're launching a group coaching program. So, like I mentioned, we have our podcast. We've had been very fortunate to have tens of thousands of downloads, and um, there's been a lot of outreach for people who need help in consulting. And I, I do a lot of coaching and consulting right now. Um, and I have clients that I've worked with on a one-on-one basis, but I want to be able to help more people and not everyone needs that much personal attention. So we have a group coaching program that we're launching as well as two other courses. So my claim to fame, uh, originally, I mean, I built my own businesses. I built a couple of, I mean, everyone, anyone who's honest for the most part will admit that they've had successes and failures in business. And I've had both. And my biggest, you know, after building a local martial arts school and pretty much automating most of it to about six figures a year, I left that and I went to work for a company in California. Um, And when I was there, after being there about a month, the CEO privately uh, told me that the company was on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, We then went around and did a quarter of a million dollars in November. So this was in early October uh, that I was told that the company I had just moved from my country, Canada, down to California to work for, uh, you know, was was at risk. So we did a launch. We did a quarter of a million dollars that month. Then the next month we did another launch for – it was an annual event that they did. It was like a six-hour – if you ever seen like on TV, they have the six-hour kind of telethon kind of things. Like they drew fundraisers to feed, you know, to to raise money for a charity. We had kind of a six-hour event, uh, mostly to sell our product. It was twenty minutes of content, twenty minutes of case study, twenty minutes of pitch, and we just repeated that. Obviously, with different content, different case studies, and the pitch is you know a little bit different. Uh, but we did that six times, so it was a six-hour event. And with that, we did. Uh, $650,000 and then I took that and I used the same skills, automation skills that I developed with my martial arts school and we automated that and then we started running just Facebook ads to that and we scaled it up. We started with a budget of $500 and we scaled it up to we were spending $4,500 per day and grossing around $70,000 to $100,000 US per week with that funnel and that funnel continues to work to uh, work to this day actually 
uh, what are we now? This is January. I think September was the last time I saw ads for it on Facebook. I left that company after working with them for eight months, helping them bring in three and a half million dollars. Um, obviously, it was a team effort. I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, like some magician or wizard. That's not it at all. But I just a skill set that I brought and a work ethic that I brought definitely helped uh, accomplish that. Because before I came, the the, the company was headed in a different direction. So. Um, so that was kind of my big claim to fame, and since that, uh, you know, that's when I launched my podcast, because when I was talking to a friend of mine about the success we were having with this, he said, Daryl, if I knew the people you knew and could have the conversations you were having, um, I'd be doing million-dollar marketing campaigns and, and, you know, growing big businesses myself, and that was the premise for where I started just interviewing. I'm very fortunate that uh, through, you know, being a bit of a conference junkie and almost obsessively seeking out mentors and role models, um, like I one year I set a goal that I wanted to meet ten other million, uh, not other, but I wanted to meet ten millionaires. Um, you know, I read a Jim Rohn is a mentor, someone that I'm very passionate about. He says you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I said I wanted to meet ten millionaires. I wanted to learn what it was like, not just about the money, but because when I grew up, my uncle in Toronto, he wasn't he was in real estate and property management but i carried himself like a business owner and i think he had that same sort of you know he was a social capitalist but he still had that capitalist mindset Mm. and i just would see like i remember when i was there visiting him once you know like people down the street came by and brought him flowers in like a, a gift basket because he had gone out of his way to help them and i don't know the situation but i just always saw him like in the respect he got and that sort of stuff and then you know and i would just hear more kind of like office politics so it was kind of like the contrast like in my own family my parents would come home from work and i'd hear about office politics and then i have this uncle that i would see from time to time and he was always talking about you know business and trade and that sort of thing and and being you know a bit of an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, just people were coming really grateful for, to him. That's why my tagline is your success is my success. You know, all profit is made through helping desi- uh, satisfy someone else's desire. So by helping someone else achieve their goal, you profit from it. And so it really is about helping other people. And I really come to it from that. So I really wanted to understand what it was like to, to, to generate a million dollars worth of goodwill in the world. Because I don't I know that there are snake oil salesmen. I know that there are people who have malicious intent. But at, a, at the basic premise, I really think that, um, that that's not sustainable, that that's very short-lived, and especially in today's day and age, that doesn't work very well. So you're better off to just try to help people come from a, you know, from a, a sincere place and try to help people and that they'll take care of you in return. I mean, it's just a basic premise. So, um, yeah, so I grew up wanting to, to know what it was like to associate with millionaires. So I'm very fortunate to have built a good network, a really f- net- amazing network of phenomenal people, and I started interviewing them. And uh, the podcast has done really well, and so now we're launching a group coaching program for some of the people who can't or I don't have the time for the one-on-one coaching, as well as a course called the Seven Figure Funnel Formula, where I just break down kind of what I did and what I contributed and what I saw with that one client when we took them from, you know, again, um, it's not public knowledge and I don't know if they'd ever uh, openly admit it, but uh, where they just, things were headed in a negative direction and helped turn things around. And then all of a sudden now they had consistent, predictable cash flow and income on a weekly basis. And actually after I left that company, um, because of the situation they left, they had other debts and things. And um, there's some office politics where my bonus on the three and a half million I helped him generate was being, uh, we'll say negotiated. And I just didn't tolerate. Again, I feel like, um, you know, I just, there's certain people I want to do business with certain people I don't want to do business with. So I just walked, I left, took the bonus that I, I was able to get and then just went. And then I went and helped another client do something similar where we set up another automated campaign. And then, uh, again, with the help of people who are proficient at online, like ads, just online ads, uh, her first month, I think she did 120,000. And then, um, and then obviously my work was done. And then I just heard a few months later that she'd done like $650,000 with that. So, that's a course that I put together called the seven figure funnel formula. And then also I noticed with a lot of businesses, uh, that they're missing key and critical systems. Like everybody knows a business needs regular customers, like repeat Mm. business to have just like, to have, to have kind of, um, stability, but no business I go to actively tries to turn you from a first time buyer into a repeat buyer. 
Why is there no new customer welcome package? Like, why is there no new customer welcome system? You know, the very first time, it happens all the time. I mean, I go to a restaurant, never been there before. I'll sit down. I'll spend like $100. I'll buy myself, my girlfriend. You know, maybe I got friends with me. Together, we'll spend anywhere from 50 to a couple hundred dollars on, my, on, on food. They never, we never knew them before. They never knew us. They're like, oh, that was great. Did you enjoy the meal? Yes. Oh, great. We get a couple of minutes, and then we walk out the door. If that business wants to generate more uh, more customers, they're probably going to go put some flyers in the newspaper or they're going to go hand out handbills around town or put up a sign somewhere to a bunch of strangers instead of collecting a database of names of people who know, like, and trust them and have given them money and then maybe giving us an incentive to come back in. It would be so simple for a waitress to be like, is this your first time here? Have you ever been here before? No? Oh, would you like to join our rewards program? You get a free drink or a free appetizer when you sign up. Oh, good. Perfect. I just need to see your driver's license. Driver's license has your birthday, has your mailing address on it. Now they can mail promotions to your house and they know your birthday. When your birthday comes up, they could mail you a postcard that entitles you to a free lunch. Who goes for lunch on their own on their birthday? So you go to lunch on your birthday, you bring a friend or two, and the waitress says, hi, is this your first time here? Oh, would you like to join our rewards program? And it's just a really simple thing, and this is just one example of just a basic system that a business could implement that right away hearing that, I know people listening to this are like, wow, that would really work. That's a great idea. And so, you know, a lot of, in fact, I do CrossFit, and uh, I love my trainers. I love the CrossFit gym I train at, and the trainers, they're a couple of young guys, they asked me to... uh, talk about a couple of things to help them because they want to grow the, the, the business. And I right off the bat, it's like they send three emails. Someone comes in, tries a class, they send them three emails and like they're done. And they're like on to the next one. And I'm like, you guys are leaving so much money on the table. Like there's mm. so much money on the table because these people come through, you know that they're interested, you know they're considering it. And then when they say no, you just leave them alone and walk away. And it doesn't mean you harass people, but people are skeptical. People are, are dilatory by nature. People procrastinate and people are fearful. You have to help educate them and just be in touch, be a trusted advisor, you know, and it's especially with email automation, it is so easy to set up like a six month, just an educational autoresponder so that way, if anything, you're just a, a trusted person that gives them good advice on what you know their goal is. You know, when these people come in to try out a class, ask them, is your goal to lose weight? Are you worried about getting old and, you know, and losing your mobility? Are you know what, like, are you just trying to live a health, like, what is your goal? Oh, and put them on an email newsletter where once a week they get something from from you that's timeless education on that topic it's really Ooh. basic premise but now you're differentiating yourself from all the other people that they just walk in they meet and then walk out of their lives so that's another course that i've got called basic business systems where we to go over i'd have to double check but it's somewhere from nine to 13 of these type of campaigns that every business should have like a new customer welcome um Obviously, a lost customer campaign. So anytime that you have a customer and they leave or they stop doing business with you, you need to find out why. There'll be a handful of reasons, probably anywhere between two to five. And of those two to five, you'll find that maybe one or two of those are reasons you can turn around and bring people back. And so that's another source of customers. And so it's like a bucket with holes in it. A lot of businesses have all these little holes in them. And if you could just plug some of those holes, you could go a lot further. It's like a more efficient car, right? You can go a lot further on the same amount of gas. So uh, that's another course that we have that we're launching. So right now, um, that's basically it. We're doing the group coaching program, two courses, and um, I'm just kind of testing the waters with uh, a monthly program. Uh, for people who want some sort of low-level coaching, but they don't want the the group coaching, because the group coaching, you know, it's not necessarily cheap. But that's some of the stuff that I'm working on now. Of course, I've got some client work. Um, you know, I love doing client work. Uh, in some ways, it's an addiction because it can be lucrative and it's fun, and mm. it's great because you get like sometimes what I love most is. <sighs> As I feel like I'm like the guy in Central Park in New York who's playing eight games of chess with eight different people. I really love that. I really love having, you know, four or five project managers reporting to me and getting the update on what's happened. You know, and, and then being able to just try to address the problems and keep people moving forward. And I, I really love that. And it's in some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad because um, if you take on too much client work, you neglect your own stuff. Um, but at the same time, I don't think I'll ever completely give up client work just because 
it's just fun to jump into other people's businesses and learn about their customers. And like this one client I'm working with now, her main target market are, you know, white females that are 45 and above. Um, Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, they have body image issues, a lot of them. And it's like, that's just for me as a man, I'm 32 right now. That's just such a different like lens to view the world through. And so it's so fascinating for me to see that. And um, anyway, so yeah, so I think I went on a bit of a tangent there. (laughs) Forgive me, but that's that's good. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, it's just wake up every day. Today, I did hot yoga with my girlfriend. This afternoon, I'll go do some CrossFit. Tomorrow, we'll just do, I try to do CrossFit four to five days a week uh, just to stay active, take care of your body. A lot of people don't realize, but health is the most important thing Um, because once your health goes, suddenly your calendar, right, all those appointments you've got, those interviews, you know, everything just falls to the wayside. When you're sick, when you're immobile, when your body isn't in good form or good shape, everything else is irrelevant. And so you really need to take care of your health. So every day it's do something for my body, try to do something for my mind, um, and then just spend the day just working with my team and my clients' teams and just try to figure out more ways to help other people. And then I'm just a voracious learner. And so it's kind of, that's basically all I do every day. And it doesn't matter if it's a Monday, it doesn't matter if it's a Sunday, it doesn't matter if it's the holidays. I basically try to wake up and just live the same life every day and just, you know, do, do my favorite things and uh, have them all be in line to where I'm helping other people and taking care of myself and my loved ones. Yeah. Great. Uh, Chris Brogan has a concept called that I have done for 10 years called uh, My Free Words every year, in the beginning of the year. Uh, and you could say it's an extension of a New Year's resolution, things mm. that we'll focus on. Uh, have you put anything in the sand like that, uh, uh, what you have uh, for, for this year? Mm. Yes. So, um, yeah, so this year I've... A couple of, so I can answer that question a couple of ways. Yeah. So first of all, there's a great activity. It's a great activity. It's called How to Gain. It comes from a book called How to Gain Control. Here it is. I've got I've got like 30, 40 books under my table here. How to yeah. Get Control of Your Time and Your Life. It's by Alan Lakin. A L A N L A K L A K E I N. Uh, it's a great book. There's an activity in there. <clears throat> Takes mm-hmm. about 15 minutes to do, and I think it could be life changing for anyone. So the first thing you do is you get a timer and you set it for two minutes and you've basically you're going to make three lists and you give yourself two minutes to write each list. So you set your timer, boop, start the two minute countdown and the first list is your bucket list. All the things you want to say that you did. I climbed Mount Everest. I, you know, I swam in a tropical ocean. I, you know, I fed the poor. I, you know, naughty, nice, you know, I was went to an orgy. It doesn't matter. You know, I made a million dollars. All the, whatever you might have as a goal goes on that list. Boom. Two minutes is up. Boom. If you want, you can give yourself another minute. Uh, just to make sure if there's anything that came to mind at the end. Boom, that one's done. Move on. The next list is about how you want to spend your time. So if you're under 30, you usually only plan out three years. If you're over 30, you go the next three to five years. How do I want to spend my time? So like when I describe my life, I talked about like my day-to-day life, how I want to spend it. I want to spend it, you know, taking care of my body. I want to be in touch with my family every day. I want to be in touch with one of my top 25 VIPs. I keep a list of people that I want to stay in good contact with. And I make sure I try to stay in touch with these people every 21 days. Um, and then, of course, helping people, helping customers. So I talk about how do you want to spend your time? So the next list, two minutes, you want to spend your time. How do you want it? Sitting in the sun, reading books all day. Like, right? How do you want your time to pass? Um, Boom, that one's done. So now you've got your bucket list. You've got your three to five years. How do you want to spend your time? Then the last one, the list is your doctor just told you that you were going to die in six months to the day. There's no way around it. There's no cure. There's, they just know with 100% certainty in six months from today, you are going to drop dead. This last list, you write down all the things you need to do before you die. And that's the list. Two minutes, boom, you finish that list. Now, each list separately, you prioritize. So you take your bucket list and you prioritize them in, so you, in, in letter categories, A category, B category, C category. And each category can have a, a number one priority, a number two priority, and a number three. So depending on how many you have, your first list, you'll have A1, A2, A3, B1, B2, B3, C1, C2, C3. And you do that for each list separately. And then what you do is you take all your A priorities 
and you put them on a separate piece of paper now. And so you've got nine things here. And those nine things are all your A priorities from the three lists. And this is what you need to focus your life on and your attention on. And where you're, you know, and you can summarize those into kind of three statements. And so um, last year I set three goals. And this year you asked about what my goals are. And it's really just an extension of those. So last year my first goal was to live in peak mental and physical conditions surrounded by a network of esteemed peers people who are world-class at what they do and are also people of phenomenal character. That was the first one. So peak mental and physical condition, that's got me going to the gym every day, right? Uh, Surrounded by a network of esteemed peers, people who are world-class at what they do and are also people of phenomenal character. Well, I'm doing interviews like this. I've got my podcast where I interview people like that. Um, And I've got my list of top 25 VIPs, which are people that are either mentors or friends or even family members that I really want to keep close ties with. So I make sure I get in touch with them every 21 days. So that's how I accomplish that goal. And this year, it's the same thing. I just want to do it bigger, better, stronger. And I've actually extended that list at 25 to top 50. The second goal was to grow my company to $100,000 in revenue per month with a minimum of $45,000 in net profit and 90% of fulfillment not requiring my involvement. This is part of why I'm doing the group coaching and I've got those online courses. The courses are a way for me to help people who want to know what I know, but I don't have to actually teach them. The group coaching is a way for me to help a large group of people versus uh, with, with a smaller time investment. Because even though we can give them a lot of support and a lot of hand-holding, and that I don't necessarily have to do that because I can have a team in place to help them. And of course, I can show up for the meetings and the important things, but some of the other stuff my team can handle as well. Um, and then I wanted to use 30% of my income going into buying real estate and gold. Um, it's just personal preference. So that was the second goal. And again, this year, it's just extending that and it's finding more ways to do that and to, and to, you know, to reach higher income goals. The third was to find a beautiful, intelligent, athletic, classy woman with a great sense of humor, personality, who is very personable, polite, and also has her own life goals, ambitions, and visions. A woman who completes me and together we do better than alone. So, those were my top three goals from last year was staying more involved in my little cousins, my nieces and nephews' lives next. And so I'd like, I'm happy to report that I was uh, either 100% successful or very, very close to achieving all of those. As I mentioned, I went to do hot yoga with my girlfriend today. My girlfriend and I live together. You know, so last year I was really focused on these. I wasn't watching TV at night. I wasn't, you know, I have a personal theory. Uh, we have a lot of squirrels where I live in Canada. And if you look outside, it doesn't matter if it's a summer, if it's a spring. If it's fall, it's the winter. Those squirrels are out there looking for food and running away from predators. They never get to go, hey, it's Saturday. I've been working so hard all week. You know, if a predator comes around, I'm going to tell them to leave me alone. It's my day off. Like, I just don't need to eat today. It's Saturday. I've been working, busting my ass all week. That doesn't exist in the animal kingdom. That is a human invented luxury. And I think that in a lot of ways, people in first world countries are lazy because of all the luxury that we have. And so that, for me, that's why I even said it doesn't matter if it's a Monday, if it's a Sunday, if it's a holiday. You know, I'm an, I'm an animal. I, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, so I'm going to get up. Like, that's not going to change, right? I'm just going to live my day-to-day life. Now, of course, I'm not a robot. I'm not a machine. If I'm tired, I take a nap in the afternoon. You know, I try to be natural that way. But um, So this year, my goals are just to extend on those and build off of the foundation of what I built last year and just keep moving in that direction. And I may have setbacks. I may have upsets, but I've got my goals. I know I'm moving forward. And those things that I just mentioned to you about physical condition and being surrounded by phenomenal people, my company goals uh, and time demands on me as well as family and relationship goals. This year, it's just the exact same, but, you know, just extended and, and, and just building on where I've gotten. So, Yeah, great. You have, you have it covered there. I think it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the precious metal gold there. And that could be a segue into the... Uh, half time around uh, with the trade principle uh, because gold is uh, an objective uh, mm-hmm. form of money uh, and I sent the link to you to, to read and you told me when we had this chat uh, the first time here that you had read Miss Rand's uh, work and uh, mm-hmm. try, had some uh, thoughts about that so it would be interesting to hear your uh, thoughts and, and uh, ideas regarding the trader principle, the exchange of ideas and values. 
Well, I mean, it makes sense because that's the difference. Like humans, we've survived because we're social creatures and collectively we can accomplish more than we can on our own. So that's a really important thing. Um, I think at some point in time along our development, we realized that basic, like we needed some way to trade beyond like, here, I give you this basket of apples for your basket of potatoes. Um, If I'm a healer and you're a farmer... You know, and that's just because we're going we're going back to like, you know, there were no taxes, you know, mm-hmm. the medicine man was free, you know, and we all just kinda had like our own little plot of land within our community, you know, or our you know, our tribe. You know, we were just kind of fending for ourselves. And so I've got my food growing. I'm a healer. I just naturally am inclined to trying to heal things, wounded animals, people, whatever. And your child is sick and you want me to heal them, you know, you're taking time away from my family and my loved ones and my hobbies. I need some like I have to be able to gain from that somehow, right? Ooh. If I'm if I'm going to give that to you instead of my own son, what am I going to get that's going to make time with my son after more valuable for both of us? You know, well maybe I can afford to do something more, right? That we couldn't do. Maybe you've got a horse, and now we got to write like. So we needed some other way to barter, and I think that's where money comes from. Because if I'm again, if I'm a healer and I already have potatoes, and all you have are potatoes to trade. We need something else. But you might have people that they come to you for potatoes all day, every day, and there has to be some way to build up and store so you, that value that you give other people so you can exchange it with me. So I really do think that um, – I really do believe in the trader principle. I really like Ayn Rand's uh, theories and philosophies. I don't believe in an unrestrained capitalist market only okay. because I think – I studied a lot of religions in the world. Um, I've mm. been very grateful that I've been fortunate enough to travel as well. I lived in Japan for three years, Thailand, spent nine weeks in Africa. I've been all over and all over. Um, I've lived with Muslims. I've lived with Shinto uh, priests. I've studied Buddhism. I've studied Zen. I've studied Taoism. Uh, of course, all the Western religious, religions, Catholicism, uh, Judaism. And I really like Taoism. <clears throat> and any extreme usually turns into its opposite. So I think that unrestrained capitalism creates monopolies and things where it can be a disservice to people. Um, so I do, like, I'm in, from Canada, and I, although I don't think we're perfect, I really am kind of proud of how Canada kind of walks that line between socialism and capitalism. Um, you know, like, for example, here, right now, it's snowing outside, and it's so cold, if we just left homeless people to their own devices, a lot of them would die. Uh, and in fact, it still happens regardless. So we need some social services to help those people. You know, I benefited from some social programs when I was a kid. I got to travel around Canada for nine months when I was a teenager and live with 10 other kids. And we were volunteer laborers for the community. We lived in small towns. We built floats. We did parades. We did festivals, soup kitchens. So I think there's a place for it, but I don't think... Like, I don't want to live in a communistic or fully socialist society. I, In some ways, I envy, like when I lived in California, I was envious of how supportive and encouraging it was to be in California and to be an entrepreneur. Because, Ooh. especially where I grew up in Canada, it's a government town. There's a lot of prisons in this town, which are government-funded in Canada. So it was like a very institutionalized town. So it wasn't a lot of... Um, nurturing of entrepreneurialism in the city I was in, not in Canada, but just the city I grew up in. And then when I went to the States, it was a total breath of fresh air, but I do feel that then you've got things that go unchecked, um, like the the institutionalized, uh, institutionalized, uh, was it, the industrialized prison complex in the States, Mm. which is basically, if you look up the history, uh, as soon as slavery was abolished, suddenly, uh, suddenly prisons started growing and the prison population never stopped growing. And even to this date in the USA, all the license plates are made by prisoners, by inmates for like 25 cents an hour. And it's really just a form of socially acceptable slavery because if you're a criminal, then of course we shouldn't pay you common wages. But now we've got this weird messed up thing where lobbyists have taxpayers paying to run the prisons and then Mm. corporations renting out prisoners as really, really cheap labor. And it's things like that that I feel like in a fully capitalist society can kind of sneak under the radar because people get positions of power. And, you know, I don't know, someone might, you know, call bullshit and forgive me, but point their finger at me. But um, 
you know, anyone that wants to argue about in, in, like in, institutionalized racism in the states, they just really need to look at the facts. There, even the academics are all on board with it. Um, there's all sorts of things like Ferguson that was going on. There was this big thing in Ferguson last year um, or the year before in the U.S. And then when they dug into it deeper, they discovered that the local police force. So in the states, the pol- police get most of their income from the criminals. So they they confiscate and they sell, they auction off the goods. So if you're selling crack at your house, they'll confiscate everything you own and sell it because you're, you know, you're a crackhead and you're perpetuating something that's illegal and now you're off to jail and so all your belongings become property of the police department and they sell it. And they found out that the Ferguson in particular was writing twice as many um, fines and tickets as there were citizens in the city. Um, so it was just very obvious that they were preying on the local population. And um, again, if we go back to once slavery was abolished, a lot of the slave handlers uh, became prison handlers because that's the industry that they were in. They were in the industry of you know basically human livestock. And so anyways, so that's a long rant, forgive me, but I really do believe that we need... Uh, open markets, free markets. I really believe in the capitalist system. I've definitely benefited from it. Like I mentioned before, I think, uh, you know, and a lot of my mentors, you know, the profit, it comes from helping other other people achieve their desires. Uh, but I do think it needs to be checked. I do think there has to be uh, some sort of balance put in place. And I don't think anything will ever be perfect. I don't believe in an Eden. I don't believe in an ideal. The wind cannot blow at the same intensity forever. It it waxes and wanes. It has an ebb and flow. Same with the sun. It's not strong all day, every day. So same thing. I think that sometimes we need more capitalism and sometimes we need a little bit more socialism. But I think that either at the extremes is detrimental to any civilization. And so my preference is to be in a more capitalistic country. But I really think it's important that you have things there to help the needy and just even to you know help point people in the right direction. I mean, if you've got an idiot and you motivate him, now all you have is a motivated idiot. Um, what he needs is an education. And sometimes they need to, if you're in a desperate situation, it's hard to listen and get an education when you're just so focused on survival. So it's like Bill Gates, he's coming and he's going to, like the Bill and uh, Melinda Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates, you know, they're passing out vaccines, they're providing education, and they're providing support and microfinancing loans for young entrepreneurs. That's all socialist. I mean, they're not looking to get paid back for the vaccines that they're giving the kids. But by providing the vaccines, they're helping reduce the birth rates because when people's kids are not dying as much as they are, the women actually want to have less children. You know, and by by getting people out of a desperate situation, it gives them the time and the luxury and the freedom to make smarter decisions and to become more productive members of society. So that's why I say you can't have pure capitalistic because pure capitalism on its own would um, leave a lot of those people in its wake. Um, because, right, it tends to favor, like making money is a skill set. <laughs> making money is a skill set, and that's part of why I think the rich are getting richer and the poor, are, the gap between the rich and the poor is widening, because poor people are not being taught to emulate and follow the habits and behaviors of the 1% of the people who know how to make money. I always say, like, <clears throat> Martin, if I snap my fingers right now and I gave you Arnold Schwarzenegger's body, his physique, and his prime, how long would your lifestyle and your habits permit you to keep that physique before it melted away? And I think it's the same thing with health, and it's the same thing with making money, and it's the same thing with a lot of things. So, um, Trader principle, fully believe in it. I think it's there's a lot of validity. I really like Anne's philosophy. Um, I do not know if an, a, a purely free market would would you know cannibalize itself at some point. I think that's where you always need an ebb and flow. Yeah, and um, but we could have a continuity com- conversation and also discussion and maybe even a debate some sometime. <laughs> uh, maybe I come over to Canuck Country and uh, show examples here from socialist Sweden. Uh, mm. But uh, it was it's interesting to hear your thoughts about it and that you have t- taken time to think about it, mm. and that's the main thing to do. Mm. And 
because you have to understand the the ideas in order to to build a proper right society. Right. Uh, that's uh, interesting and a difficult thing right now. It's but it is so mixed, so you can't see the idle. Uh, society and vital system yep. that's based on the trader principle. That's why, I mean, I'm American in spirit, uh, and uh, I haven't. I have been in Nova Scotia on, on a boat when we mm. did the graduation week, but I haven't been on Cana- Canadian land. Mm. But uh, I, I, I mean, Canada, also England, uh, uh, New Zealand, Australia, and, and others have bond with America in, in some mm-hmm. kind, and that's what I'm interested to search for more. Also, the the se- sense of life, the mm-hmm. lifestyle, and how that come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting to hear your uh, thoughts uh, thoughts about that. So thanks for your for your input, and um, we, we could uh, uh, have more conversation and comments and uh, in the comments line there and in other ways so that's that's great to hear sure. um your future plans uh, and also if you have some because now you reached out via nor on a future guests and topic who would you want to listen to and what, what's your plans for the future um, I'm listening to a lot of Sam Zell, Z or Z-E-L-L, and Elon Musk. Um, mm. They're both billionaires. I am so in love with Elon and what he's all about. Um, just his how he's pushing forward with with uh, electric cars and sustainable energy. They've now got Tesla batteries with, for 3500 US, you can buy a battery pack that you can put on the outside wall of your house. And that is something that... Uh, you can run your house off of and so you can use solar panels because the problem with solar energy of course is that it doesn't last all day Um, but this is a way that your solar panels will collect what they can when they can store it in the battery and this is safe it's it's effective it's cost effective it's it's not unsightly batteries like are smelly they're expensive you need like i know that you and i know because i was looking into earth ships a long time ago which are uh sustainable living structures you know that you would need a like a, a battery room to put all the batteries in and they smell and all this stuff so he's just really pushing things forward and he's tackling like human problems so um i, I mean a suggestion for you on any future guests, I mean, that would just be anyone who's really at the forefront of any industry trying to make a difference. Problems are markets. You know, newspapers forgot the problem that they were solving for people. They were so big and bloated. They thought that they were just delivering wads of paper with advertising in it. They forgot the service that they were providing to the people of providing timely, relevant information in a convenient format, right? That's why... Yeah. Newspapers got decimated. They forgot the problem they were trying to solve. Um, I would honestly encourage you to reach out and get people that are really big, you know, people that are making things, making a difference because too many people are thinking small. Too many people are more concerned with watching what TV, the next TV show or the TV series is. Um, and of course, you want to enjoy your life, you want to have entertainment. Um, but because we've stepped out of the food chain, we forget the struggle life has been and is. And um, so I would just recommend anyone who's really making a difference and an impact. And honestly, um, yeah, honestly, just anyone who's out there trying to do something big and really do something that's going to change the way people live, change the way people um, interact with each other. So anything that has to do with the forefront of medicine, anything medical, um, there's a couple of great guys. They've got this liquid. It's a it's a liquid bandage. You know, we've always mm-hmm. had that stuff, but this actually bonds to your skin and it becomes skin. It like it's inst- it's it's like instantly works. You put it on, it's a polymer, and right away it turns. I, I mean, you know, there's like second skin stuff you can paint on, like nail polish. That's not that's not it. It's like a plastic coating that goes over the wound. This actually bonds to your skin and becomes skin right on it. So anyone that's on the forefront of any sort of medical technology, um, any sort of uh, AI stuff, Google just announced that they actually have um, a quantum computer which does math a million times faster than any other computer that we've ever created now the biggest problem is trying to figure out what questions do we ask this thing because it can comp- it can compute anything and everything we could even fathom to ask um, that's big uh, mm. so AI technology yeah. 
power. Um, people that are solving big, big problems for people, even in the way that they do business. Again, the courses that I've mentioned, you know, I'm trying to create a standardized system and a simple way for people to take their ideas, their passions, and the problems that they're solving for people and plug it into a system because, you know, they say, at least in North America, 90% of new businesses fail within the first three years. But on the flip side, 90% of franchises succeed. And the difference is the franchise, when you buy into a franchise, the marketing is taken care of for you and you get a manual for all the business systems for how to run your business. Mm. And all you have to do is just focus on helping people. Yeah. Just follow all the follow the checklists and just focus on helping people. Well, I have a theory that if you boil down every business, you have essentials essentials that every business needs. And so my goal is to try to make being successful in business easier for everybody. So that's why anyone that future goals or future topics you could discuss, it would definitely want to be where things are going to be, where things are headed. 3D printing, anything like that would be phenomenal um, Mm -hmm. to have on your show. And I think it would really help people because we need to start thinking about the future and we need to start thinking about how to solve things on a global scale with technology. I mean, you're on the other side of the planet right now and we're having a conversation. It's no longer a local economy. So you either need to go one of two ways. You need to go global or you need to go hyper-local because things Mm -hmm. like trades and plumbers, you know, my toilet is here. You can't help me with that, right, from where you are. So then you either need to be hyper-local or you need to be global. I really don't think there's much of an in-between these days. Mm. That's uh, that's thoughtful. Thanks for the tips there. And uh, if you have any more input there you could send it along sure. so and also the listeners here uh, fans of your work uh, and uh, Egonetcast could uh, go to my twitter profile Lyceum and you are at then Daryl Urbanski is mm-hmm. that correct that's right Urbanski on, Urban on Twitter U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I yes. Twitter is not our main channel Facebook no. is but yep. you can find us on Twitter and then look me up anywhere else um, of course obviously you've got a lot of great content as well so um, if you found this interview based on my name I highly recommend you look up Martin and everything that he's doing he's been at this for a long time he's been involved with a lot of different business communities helping a lot of different people and um you could definitely benefit from some of the things that he can connect you with. Yeah, thanks. Uh, do you have anything uh, like uh, some uh, giveaways or some uh, material that uh, listeners, readers, and uh, fans of yeah, the yeah, show yeah. could go to and uh, yes. find out more? Sure. Well, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned it, Martin, because just today we were setting up some tracking, better tracking with Google Analytics, and I checked mm-hmm. the page. You signed up for the Million Dollar Monies program. There's no text field on there. That is so weird. I yeah. I saw that, and I'm like, who did this? So I'm going to actually find that after this interview. So sorry, people listening. I have a, a weekly text program. It's called Million Dollar Mondays. And so yep. if you go to bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, uh, yep. bestbusinesscoach.ca, you can sign up, put in your email, and your phone number and you'll get a text a confirmation code that you use to confirm and then once a week you'll get a text message from me with a tip a hint or some sort of idea to help focus your thinking around your business and just think like you would if you already had a million dollar business so that's the premise of that Um, and again if you give us your email you'll get on the newsletter Uh, we also have the best business podcast that's something to check out as well um And so, yeah, those are two really good ways to get in touch and just start getting in and getting some of the free information um, because that's really it. My goal is just pump out as much free stuff out there to help people when they need it and people who need more more hand-holding, more help. Obviously, those are the ones that will get in touch and they'll need a course or they'll need group coaching or something like that. But uh, a lot of people, they just need a push in the right direction or a little bit of education. And listening to interviews like this is a great way to do it because one idea... One thing, I mean, I've gone to conferences that I've spent $3,000 on, you know, for a two-day conference, because all I needed was one idea to make that money back, right? Like, I've doubled businesses with one concept, one strategy, and so, really, you have to make sure that you're learning. Warren Buffett reads five hours a day, you know, on top of his normal work day. Um, Bill Gates, same thing. I mean, there's got to be some sort of common denominator in here. 
So um, get that information if you can, and and um, especially the books we mention. You know, yeah, the- and that's good that you mention that because I. You could go then if you want to support the show, and if you haven't uh, signed up already, you could go to Audible if you want to listen. I, I like to read also, but Audible and uh, audiobooks is very convenient way. So yes. if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash ego netcast, you could uh, sign up for that and get the free book and test it out. Um, so, uh, and there you had a book mention there. Do you have any other books you want to? That's, that you are reading right now or, or something else? Uh, maybe some Amazon products, uh, some fa- favorite gadgets or so? Well, I'll mention a few books because there's yeah. so many great books. Um, and the book you don't own, you can't read. And the book you don't read can't help you. So the first yeah. step is to own the books. Yep. So the first one, everyone, if you have not read this book, you have to get it. It is called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon yeah. Hill. It is based on 20 years of research into the most world's most successful men and women in politics, in business, in sports and athletics. There are 13 common principles that everybody shares that's achieved high levels of success. They're like 13 engines that you have firing to push you towards your goals and dreams. Um, one or two will help, but they won't be enough to get you all the way there. It's like a rocket ship trying to leave Earth's atmosphere. You need all 13 engines working together and firing. You have to get that book. The only reason why it's not talked about more is is because everyone's focused on what's new, right? What's the new thing? This book, oh, it's 20 years old. There's no, forget it. That's why. It's time tested and true. That is a great, great, great book. I'm also a fan of The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Um, yep. That's a great book as well. Um, too. Yep, that's a good book. Uh, I did mention How to Get Control of Your Time and Your Life by Alan Lakin. That is a good one. And of course, I've got my own book, uh, Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation. But mm-hmm. even past that one, which is good if you're starting up a business or if you're looking to launch a new product line, teaches you how to get that lead flow going and how to define a lead source and where you can easily go and get new and more customers. Okay. Um, I also mentioned having that VIP list of people I stay in touch with. This is a really good, phenomenal book for having meaningful relationships and networking. And it's Jeffrey Gittimer's Little Black Book of Connections. Mm-hmm. assets for networking your way to rich relationships. That's a great book as well. I mean, I could keep going though. I'm I'm like looking under my desk and I'm like, but that's a good book. And that's like, I've got poor Charlie's Almanac, which is Charlie, uh, Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's right hand man. I mean, he's given talks to at Harvard, three or four lectures at Harvard. Um, he's got a collection of things he's famous for having shared. He's got his own. There's a book called influence by Robert Cialdini that -hmm. gives six principles that every marketer needs to know. You have to know these principles. They are life changing. Um, and then Charlie's got his new, his own that he's created that has 17 principles that him and Warren use to bet on how the market is going to act and react based on understanding human behavior. Um, so that's a great book. I mean, I'll be going all day, so I'm going to stop there. But um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the list. That's yeah. great. <laughs> so yeah, good. Anything uh, that you want to end end with and, and some thoughts? And, well, and it was a uh, time passed quickly. It was uh, your. Uh, good uh, at having a conversation and lots of ideas here and uh, it will take some time to chew on this Mm, mm, well good I mean I don't know if I wanted to leave with anything it's just that you have to enjoy what you're doing and I think I'm just I've lived in a lot of different cultures I'm very fortunate I speak uh, three different languages and and learning a couple others and I've been very, very blessed to have rubbed elbows with a lot of very successful people, rich and famous, and sports and athletics, and business. And I've also like been spent nine weeks in Africa. I was sleeping on the on the floor of a mud hut in Kibera, which is this world's second largest slum next to Calcutta. It was the largest slum of the world for a long time. On the mud floor in the worst part of the slum, it rained, and the roof part of the roof caved in, and we had a river coming through the living room. And I really just think it just comes down to day to day living. You know, whatever situation you're in, you know, just live below your means. You know, so don't spend everything you've got and get yourself to where your health is in a good position, 
where your finances are in a good position, and then just have a day-to-day life that you enjoy and make time for things. Don't live in a future because you're not guaranteed to have that, and don't let your past you know, haunt you. The, the biggest difference between humans and animals is a dog is only ever going to be a dog. It's going to wake up and only ever do the handful of things that all dogs do. Mm. That's what that animal will be. Humans, today, right now, you can decide you're going to do something new. You can decide that you're going to be an astronaut. You're going to be a ballerina. You're going to be a professional hockey player. You're going to launch a business. You're going to go out and find five people to help you build a company to help feed all the starving children in the world. Like You can just decide to do anything, anything. And that is the power of being human. Your past does not have to dictate your future. You can wake up any day you know, and just choose and decide I'm going to live somewhere new. I'm going to surround myself with a different group of people. I'm going to focus on different things. I'm going to try to be a different person. Just walk into your ideal self and just get out of a desperate situation if you're in it. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And then I really don't believe in days off. I really think everyone needs to focus on a day-to-day life that they can enjoy living and just live that life day-to-day. And I think you'll have way more success that way because you won't neglect the stuff uh, that's important, and you'll constantly be focused on things that are meaningful to you and that are important to your life and your happiness. And then, um, yeah, there's just no downtime. So it's it's hard to fall behind on things if you're always paying attention to them, you know. Yeah. And then and then you don't feel guilty if you want to take a couple of days off. You don't feel guilty for it if you I'm going to eat this box of donuts. Well, I've been going to the gym every day, you know. Even uh, uh, even though I'm not killing myself. I'm moving my body every single day, so mm. I don't have to feel guilty, you know, because I indulge a little bit here or there. But if if you're pushing to just make two or three gym classes a week, you know, then you're going to feel more guilt. Same thing with your, you know, if you're only working three days, four days a week, five days, say you work five days a week and you take weekends off, but then you're sick one day. Well, now you don't work a Tuesday. Well, geez, now you're going to feel guilty because you only work four days this week, you know, and if mm. you if you get paid by the hour... Right, like oh, now I'm I have less money than I need. Whereas if you just do a little bit every day, you just make progress every day. And um, anyways, that's it. That's that's my rant. <laughs> yeah, great. And uh, I will do that in, in a, for one of my words for years. So pluck two leaves and a bud, as you do on the tea leaves, mm. uh, tea fields. And uh, if you want to support uh, this podcast, you could go to ego netcast.com forward slash support and uh, again uh, Daryl uh, please uh, say where I could find you and uh, reach out to you and uh, continue the conversation and get more wealth uh, of information and knowledge sure so there's bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California also you can look me up on any social media channel we're on pretty much all of them and that's Daryl D-A-R-Y-L last name Urbanski Urban U-R-B-A-N S-K-I and um, of course just contact Martin as well he's a great guy and can help you out so yeah thank you very much Daryl for your time and talk to you soon again talk to you soon cheers